Please stand for the Holy Gospel. This comes from oh. This comes from Luke chapter 24 verses 13 through 35. Now on that same day, when Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene, two disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all, thing, all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered them, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was one, of, one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were, the, who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to, known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning. Um, my name is Ryan Brady. I'm a senior at East Rowan High School. Um, and I just want to start out by saying I apologize for my scratchy voice because prom will do that to you. Um, but so when we began planning for today's uh, biblical passage at youth group, we had a common theme in mind. We wanted to emphasize the fact that our high school years have been anything but normal. As a senior, this year feels like a return to the beginning of freshman year when there were no roadblocks to a healthy social life. Despite all that we've been through, this group of youth that you see today is definitely one of the most energetic in recent times. 
I'll always remember the looks we got at LYO while we shouted new versions of the worship songs with help from our very own Drew Bitzer. <laughs> with that being said, I couldn't be more thankful for this group and all the fun times we've shared together. We eventually settled on James chapter 1, verses 2 through 5, which Emma has read for us a little while ago. This passage outlines how God's people are intended to face trials so that their faith in him is strengthened. We learn that the testing of our faith makes us stronger, and we are more willing to seek the wisdom that brings us closer to wholeness with God. You might be wondering why we have diamonds on the back of our shirts. Despite what you think, it's not just because of our good looks. <laughs> diamonds form when carbon deposits are subject to high pressure under the Earth's surface. This form of symbolism shows God's abundant grace in our lives. It shows that at our weakest and most vulnerable moments, God is ready to meet us where we are and turn our lives into something beautiful. One very important lesson I've learned through my senior year is this. When we worry anxiously about our circumstances, we're actually doubting that God will carry us through the storms. We learn from the first chapter of James that trusting in God means keeping the faith through rough seas. So let's dive into our passage for today. Being the history buff that I am, I decided to research the background of the book of James in order to better understand our message. James, who is the half-brother of Jesus, begins by addressing the first community of Christian Jews outside of Palestine. James led the early church as Peter went out to establish new Christian communities in surrounding nations, and he led courageously through famine and even persecution. Though he faced great opposition, James became a trusted leader among the Jewish community, and so in his letters, he felt inclined to share the wise teachings that guided him through the hardships of raising a young church. In verse two, James states, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy. I can only imagine how the churches in Palestine felt about being told to put on a smile when they couldn't grow food for their families. But the beauty of these words lies beneath the surface. The tests we face in life are described as paradoxical gifts that maintain persistent faith in the Father. When we acknowledge this, how can we keep from bursting with joy? Knowing that our hardships will bring us closer to God is plenty reason to celebrate. It is, the truth, it is this truth that James uses to connect early, earthly challenges with heavenly reward. He explains this verse by saying, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. James hits us with a one-liner that is sure to resonate with our work-driven minds. We're invited to acknowledge the fact that we will get better and better at resisting temptation when we are faced with difficult situations. Exploring this text helped me find comfort in the future, knowing that God uses all situations for good. After reading a little further, we can better understand why James calls us to be joyful. God equips us through hard times by his mighty hand, and we need not worry about what lies ahead. James completes his thought in verse four by stating, let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. 
What I found most interesting in this passage was that James willingly admits that humans are naturally broken and incomplete. Since the book of Genesis, mankind has been separated from a divine unison with the creator of all. We try to find different things to fill this gap in our being, but the only way to work towards wholeness is complete trust in God. James challenges all people to leave behind even the smallest anxious thoughts so that we find our way back to a complete relationship with God that is lacking in nothing. In the next verse, we circle back to the foundational principle that God is gracious enough to lend us wisdom that points towards wholeness. He only asks one thing of us, that we ask in faith for our vision to be restored. The gracefulness of God has led me through some trying times in my young life which brings new meaning to the promises that James lays out in this passage. When me and my family felt like a door was being closed on us at our old church, a new one opened up here at St. John's. The people of this congregation were so receptive and willing to take us in as if we'd been here our whole life. Never before has my family been so involved in our faith, and it was only made possible by lifting up our faith to Almighty God. Many of you know that I will be attending Liberty University in the fall, where I will pursue a business degree with a concentration in financial planning. Once I stepped on the campus in Lynchburg, Virginia, I knew that this was a place where I could grow in my faith and set out to fulfill the life that God has set aside for me. This is a big step, not only because of the transition to college, but because of the ways in which, in which my beliefs will be challenged and shaped over the next four years. My family will be the first to tell you that I'm the kind of person to worry about how my life is gonna change in college. But not after what I've learned this year. For me, the words that James lays out in this first chapter represent how I've grown to trust God through my own trials and temptations. With persistent faith, I no longer need to worry if I'm headed in the right direction because God is guiding me along the path that I need to take in order to strengthen my trust in him. Now, if you've been using this time to catch up on some much needed sleep, don't worry because I'm right there with you. But there is one thought I want to leave you with this morning. We are all diamonds unique in our journey, but bounded by the pressure we face. We weren't meant to be formed in a short period of time, but rather a lifetime of tests and trials. And with everything that's thrown in our way, we all end up as beautiful testaments to God's commitment. So wherever you are in the formation of your diamond, you can have faith knowing that God will turn your dents and scratches into a precious symbol of his enduring love. Amen.